limitless or distinguished agent to get on the team uh, to sign a listing or a buyer to work with me is when somebody's dealing with me, subconsciously, they know that I'm a very decisive person and I don't fuck around. Right. So when I'm asking them when they're a little bit uncomfortable to make a decision or to make a consideration that I'm recommending is the right thing to do, even if it may go against what they want to do, they'll listen and they'll do it. They'll move forward. They'll accept. They'll sign. They'll commit. They'll set the appointment. Right. Because they know they're dealing with somebody who is like that, meaning I'm not going to get them to make a decision on the spot. And then in my personal life, I put decisions off like, "Ah, I'll do that later. You know, like when a salesperson calls me, if I'm ready to fucking buy, I buy. I don't say, well, I'm going to think about it, Jim. You know, like I don't say that shit because what the fuck does that mean? And then what happens? We get mad when somebody says that to us. But then you do the same thing. You do the same thing. Somebody will sell you a $10 thing that you want. And you're like, nah, you know, I, I got to let the information marinate. I'll tell you tomorrow. Like you guys will make up the dumbest fucking objections. Then when a customer gives it to you, you come back to me or you're like, fuck, man, like make the decision, bro. All right. But remember, it's a mirror and you have to make sure that these crucial moments, setting an appointment, getting a listing sign, basically getting a decision. Take a look at yourself. Where are you lacking in that area? Because I guarantee you every single one of you can can tighten that up a little bit. I'm very decisive about what I do. That Commissions Inc., I think I set up a call with a lady later today and we're going to we're going to sign up. Right. I, I forget the actual schedule, but it was very quick. I was like, okay, cool. We're good. You don't have to explain shit else. Send me the email and we're ready to go. Like, like that. There's no like, well, I need to talk it over and you know, all this other shit. Right. I never make decisions on the spot. You know, all the dumb stuff that people tell us that make no sense. So again, if in my life, and, and this is the key, right? In our lives, we lack decisiveness. Then we expect the person to, to be decisive, which is hypocritical, right? You're not being congruent. And that will severely even if you mechanically do things right it will severely affect your ability to close now what's beautiful about this is when you finally handle that for yourself and you start being decisive you're now computing what you had to do the thoughts that you had to have in order to do it right so if i go from being indecisive to decisive there was a process there and an evolution at least in my thought process all right well now we can help the customer because i've been there with somebody where i said dude i've been in your shoes i know you want to make the decision, but you have that like gut-wrenching feeling in the pit of your stomach, right? Now, can I tell you why that happens? No, what do you mean? And then I can educate their ass, right? I can talk to them about it because we know we're going to do it. However, the decision, this magnitude of decision, you selling your home, have you ever done this before? Oh, no, I haven't. Well, of course you're going to be nervous, right? Anytime we do something for the first time, are we nervous? Were you nervous the first time you got on a bike? Were you nervous the first time you rode a motorcycle? Were you nervous the first time you went on a, you know, a roller coaster? Are you nervous the first time you did a 20-foot cliff jump in Hawaii? Right? Like whatever. But you get what I'm saying. Anytime we do something, right? And this is me giving you guys some insight on breaking down a thought process. Whenever we do something new, and this is why you fear it. Human beings innately fear two things, the unknown and death. Right? The unknown and death. Why? Well, let me give you this example. If I take any of you, right? You're with me and I just, I drive you somewhere over here in, in Miami and I take you to some, it's at night. I take you to some open field and I just drop you off. I'm like, hey, you're going to be here for a couple of nights. Just so you know, I scouted the area. There's no danger here. There's no people. There's no animals. There's no alligators. You're good, right? There's not going to be a hurricane. It'll be hot, but you'll be good. Now, even though you know me and you trust me, when I leave, 
again, you're not familiar with that area. I don't care how much of a badass you are. You're at least going to be on edge. Like, oh, man, you hear a little noise. You're going to be like, what was that? You're not going to you'll tell yourself, oh, Brian told me there's no animals, but you still hear something You're like, wait, right now after you stay there, what one night, two nights, three nights. OK, now you're chilling because you're familiar with the area. The unknown now becomes the known as your familiarity. You know, it's an inverse relationship, meaning as a familiarity goes up and this is for everything, environment, people, circumstances. Right now, the the fear and all that goes down and you become comfortable. Right. So it goes like this. That's a part of it, right? We just innately fear the unknown. It's something new, right? You're going to jump uh, out of an airplane. I don't care how much of an adrenaline junkie you are. You're still scared, even if you do it. Your heart's you know, racing. I've never done that. I'd probably be down to do it. But again, I already know, even though I'm good up here, I'm still going to be scared in the moment because, hey, I've never done it, right? I don't care how much you fucking meditate and hypnotize yourself. You're still going to be fucking scared because you're fucking 50,000 feet in the air, right? So understanding this, you'll begin to realize why people are so hesitant to make a decision. Now, you have that, right? You have the innate nature of this thing. Number two, think about the influences that individuals have growing up. Now, I don't know about any of you here. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Raise your hand if you did. None of us, right? So the conversations you would hear about decision-making in regards to finances, what were they? Were they empowering or disempowering? for the most part, disempowering, behind on bills, always looking for the cheapest thing, putting off decisions, not answering the phone, not opening the mail, you know, like the old like, oh, man, this looks like a bill. I'm not going to open it. <laughs> I'll just tell them I never got it. Right. Like the, they, they call, you know, it's like an unknown number. You're like, mm, this could be the, the light bill, you know, so I'm not going to answer. <laughs> right. Living paycheck to paycheck, of course. So when we talk about a real estate decision, whether it's direct or indirect, we know finances are in it. Now, it could be a, a myriad of other, like endless amount of other things. But you have to understand, we have the nature of this thing, which is new. And then you have all the subconscious programming that people have. On top of that, imagine if when you were a kid or these individuals that you're selling to were a kid, they heard from their parents the advice they were getting. Oh, when you get a realtor, do this. Hey, when you buy a home, do this. Right. Yeah. Dad used to say the more you make, the more taxes you will pay. Yeah. Which is dumb. It's actually the opposite. Right. So 2015, I think I made, because it's a great point, Roberto. I think 2015, I made like 300 grand or something. I paid more in taxes that year than I did this last year where I made like five or six times that. Crazy. Right. But again, I was told that advice too. Oh, well, you know, what's the point of hustling if, you know, every extra dollar I make the, you know, uncle, uncle Sam is in my pocket taking my money. Right. Like my parents used to say that shit too. Or, you know, because my family's immigrants, they would always hang out with immigrants and they were like always trying to figure out a way to make money off the books cash so they wouldn't have to pay taxes. Right. It's the same thing. Like literally, they would even want to create scams to like make money and not have to pay taxes. It's, it's, it's crazy the the creativity they would use, right? Because of an insecurity and all this stuff and misunderstandings around money. So now imagine those same people, you're now selling them and getting them to make a decision. So now it's you versus 
all of that. It's like an army, right? It's like you're sitting at the closing table and it's you and them. And then spiritually, there's like a hundred spirits behind them. Don't do it. Too expensive, right? Like yelling all this stuff. And they're like looking around and you're like, hey, listen. So you're like handling a hundred objections and then the hundred and first with the guy. That's literally what you're doing. So what do we do? Through what we do, through all the techniques, through the educational process, through bringing certain things to their attention, we start eliminating all those little spirits in the background and, and then it just becomes you and the person. Because in in light of new information, meaning you're educated, you have new information, your decision-making process will change, right? We know this. Now, what are the circumstances we need to create for that? Well, you need absolute comfort. Your client has to be comfortable with you, 100%. Number two, they have to trust you entirely. Someone's not going to change their decision-making process with you unless they trust you 100%. And number three, this is probably the most important one. They need to like you. Somebody cannot like my style, but when we meet, they'll like that I'm professional and that I'm good at what I do, right? I want to make a clear distinction there. Because you might be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm weird, right? I have crazy hair or a lot of tattoos or whatever. And you think, oh, people don't like me. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. That's personal taste. I'm talking about liking at your job. Meaning, do they look at you and say, I like this guy as a realtor, as my realtor? Because that's what it is. Because I've done business with people who don't, like, we wouldn't hang out. But they'll do business with me because I know I'm very good at what I do. And that's that. You know, for all of you, right? Do you love your dentist? Are you guys like, yeah, my dentist is my homeboy. It's my best friend. No, you call him when you need him because you perceive him. You either have used him before or you think he's the best to treat my teeth. But again, you're not hanging out with him, going to the club on the weekends with him, right? Hey, bro, let's get a VIP table this weekend. You know, I got my dentist here, my gynecologist. Like, no, you don't do that, right? I got my CPA here, right? I got the dream team. You don't do that. But you still use them and they're your, they're your go-to person. If, if another dentist hit you up, you would say, I'm good, right? Even if the dentist that contacted you, maybe you like their style better, it doesn't matter. Professionally speaking, you prefer that dentist, right? So this is something like, the more we we dive into this, y'all, what this gives me, and we brought up one of them, right? Comfort earlier. It gives me ease when I'm talking to people because as they're talking, I know where all these thoughts and comments are coming from. If someone's like, whoa, whoa, we're making the, the decision quickly. I'm thinking, okay, we're not making the decision quickly, but because we're streamlining this process and it's maybe faster than they're used to, they're going to say that. However, I know the process isn't fast, right? That puts you in a different position now when you talk to them, right? Then I can say, I understand, uh, Jim, have you ever sold a home before? And if he tells me no, then I know. How does he have reference to say this is too quick of a decision? Because then I can reframe it and say, I understand. Have you sold a home before? He says, no. I say, great. So with that said, it's about making sure that we do everything in order and leave no stones unturned, right? He's going to say yes to that. Just want to make sure we do a thorough job. All the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. Yes? Cool. Now I just changed right there with two little sentences from it's too quick to, okay, we need to make sure that we do this correctly. Okay, then let's let's go through and make sure we didn't miss anything. And then I can go back and cover things if I have to, right? This is how you guys start handling objections better. Instead of dealing with what they're telling you, understand why they're telling you why they tell you and then rephrase it into something that is real. We're making this decision too fast. It's not a real statement. Compared to what? Who's to say that it's too fast? 
Like, is there a rule book? Hey, if you make a decision in less than eight seconds, it's too fast. Wait. Okay, hold on. Okay, now. Right? Like, I can give you examples like that, and you all laugh because that's how dumb these things are that people say. But what do we do? We're like, oh, shit. What do I say? What's the objection handler for this decision is too fast? Jan, what do I say? Why? We take things too literally in communication. You need to see the underlying communication behind what they're saying. That's the key. It's it's not what they're saying. It's behind what they're saying. Yeah. Like if you um if you offer me something, right, and, and I smile at you, right? Like let's say you want to sell me something and the answer is yes or no. And I go, nah, I don't want it. And I'm smiling, but I'm still talking to you and I don't walk away. Is that really a no? Or, hey, you want to buy this? Yeah. And then I sprint away from you. Is that a yes? Yes. Right? What am I really saying? Am I really saying yes? Just like when you guys are talking to somebody and you're qualifying them and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, wait, this is too easy. Are they really saying yes? Right? The FISBO, right? The expired. All the classic examples I give you guys. I don't want to sell my house anymore. The expired. And what do they do? They stay on the phone with you. I don't want to sell my house anymore is, hi, my name is Brian. Click. They would hang up on you. They wouldn't keep talking to you. That's not a no. That's I'm going to say something and then listen to you and see what you have to say. Right? So we have to really see what's behind what people are saying. So now when it comes to the moments, like the most important moment, and if you guys haven't written this down, the most important moment in this whole process is the last minute right when they're about to sign. All of it is important for sure, but that's the most important moment because if you fumble that, everything you did prior to that moment means nothing. They don't move forward in the sale. You don't get the listing. You don't get paid. And you did the prospecting, the lead follow-up and all that. So knowing that, whenever I prepped for a listing appointment, did the pre-listing package, pre-qualified them and went to the appointment, I made sure I was like, dude, I'm going to be the master of all masters here, right? Like I'm literally going to show up per like every, I'm going to deliver the script perfectly to where somebody watched this on a movie. They'd be like, damn, that dude's good. Like he, he like, it, like the, the audience had the script. They're like, damn, he got every fucking word, right? This is cool. Like this dude is just the best. I took it that seriously. Cause I said, man, I could have done everything perfect, but if I fumble here, it was for nothing. Right. And that's the type of stuff that has to really mean something to you guys. Right. Like Jan, did you get that listing last night or no? It's a yes or a no, bro. There's no this. See or no? He said they said no, no. Okay. Um, cool. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later, right? So that's he called me last night, by the way, right, right before the listing appointment. But that's that's where it is. You either got it or you didn't. Right? Now, what comes after that for us? A story. Oh, well, they were gonna sign, but da -da 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 -da, right. So I know whether it's that or somebody hitting me up, hey man, let me join the coaching, right? And I'm very direct with people too like they'll say something i'm like that's not what you mean or tell me what you really want to say right and that's something you can really use if you ever feel like a client isn't being real with you write that line down tell me what you really want to say say that to people now the key when you say that because it could, it could come off a little aggressive is to smile when you say tell me what you really want to say like Jan, i know you didn't want to say this tell me what you really want to say right Remember, whenever you want to take the sting off a statement, you smile. Not a fake smile, though. Not the clown smile. Like the Roberto smile. That's a good one, right? He's He's got a good one. Or or when you say it, Roberto, just put your dog up. 
still still requesting that you bring the dog to the mastermind. I'm just saying, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I'm just saying. All right. And then put a little sweater on him like your shirt. That'd be cool. So <clears throat> we look at the decision-making process, right? We've already established they need to trust you, be comfortable with you, and like you. Now we have that second piece that I gave you, which is reframing things. When I say reframe, it means the frame of mind behind the question and in the moment, right? This isn't new to you guys. And maybe to Kyle, because he's new to the group, right? Frame of mind. When I say this decision is too fast, going back to the first example, my frame of mind is there's a, like, that's legitimate. When I say what we're really talking about is dot, 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 we want to make sure that you have all the information and you're making the best decision, the most informed decision, right? If they agree to that, I just reframed the frame of mind behind the question is new. I took it from it's too fast to we need to make sure, right? Because I can play with this one. I can prove that one. Can I not? Can I prove that it's too fast or too slow? Let me look in the book of life real quick, man, for the, you know, like you can't do that. Which is when people give their unsolicited opinions. That's my question. Oh, you've read the book of life. Can I have a copy? Right. Can you reference what page it was on that advice that you're giving me? Right. Cause we all know everybody gives us advice. You have your aunt or your mom or your dad or your brother. Who's not in real estate. Like, Hey, make sure you do this. It's like, bro. Oh, you're in real estate. No. Then where is this advice coming from? Right. You're a plumber. Do I teach you how to do your job? Right. Oh, make sure that you twist it four times, not three. Otherwise, it's going to be too loose, right? Now, if we said that, they would make fun of us. and be, oh, you don't know anything about plumbing. But then if I tell them, well, you don't know anything about real estate, they'll get mad. And why are you getting offended, bro? I'm just, I'm just trying to help, right? You see how it, it, it's weird? But our clients are the same way. This is why sometimes when you get in a back and forth and you're on the side of facts, they don't want to accept it. Yo, we don't like your price, Alejandra. It's too low. You just want a quick sale. You know, I've been told that before. You know what I said? I'm like, don't you want to sell quickly? And they're like, well, yeah, but <laughs> for more money. I'm like, well, let's play this out. If we put the home on the market and it's on the market for less versus more time, which one do you think is going to get you more money? Now, if they tell me, oh, more time, or they say, well, we're not in a rush. I'll say, great. I understand you're not in a rush, but which one do you think is going to get more money? Let's use a different example. I put up a car for sale. If it sells in two days versus 40 days, which sale do you think sold for more? The one that sold in two days or 40 days? Well, obviously two days. Ah, why? Well, because if it sells quick, I'm like, ding, ding. Like you finally got it, right? But see, I ask them questions and I make them say it. This is how we reframe these situations. You know, because even now the market is shifting and say, hey, the best, the best news about this market, would you like to hear it, Mr. and Mrs. Seller or Mr. Seller? is regardless of the market conditions, if we price a home correctly, it will still sell for what it's worth. That's a line you guys wanna, wanna use. If we price your home correctly, it will sell for what it's worth, right? Because that's a very factually tight sentence. I'm not saying, oh, I'm gonna get you 50 offers and 20% above that. Like I'm not lying or if we price it correctly, it will sell for what it's worth. What do you mean what it's worth? I can say, well, if we look at it objectively from the outside, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, who sets the price on the home? Is it me or you? Well, no, it's a combination of what the buyer sees and what the appraiser deems as the value, right? 
It's a game between those two. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I don't have any secret communication with the buyers or the appraiser to be able to get you more money, right? So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Now, what we need to do is position your home in a way so the buyer sees the most value and it makes the most sense to the appraiser, right? Just like you guys know from your listing presentation. That's how I take the blame off me. I t I'm very clear with people who are upset. If you guys get upset people at the presentation, look, this isn't my price. It's not like I huddled up with my broker. Hey, what's the lowest price we can get, Jim? 500? Okay. You know what? 490. Let's do it, right? You know, like, hey, 490, right? Like, we're not, we're not playing this conspiracy game to get you less, right? If anything, and this is a point you can make to sellers. This is a point you guys can make to sellers. Look, Mr. Seller, if your home sells for more, don't I get paid more too? They're going to have to say, yeah, because my commission is tied to your sales price. So it makes sense for me to sell it for more, does it not? So why would I push to sell it for less? You think I want to make less money? Right? Sometimes like if I have some pushback with commission, that's the route that I go. So I tell them, look, dude, it doesn't make any sense for me to sell it for less, like commission or price, right? I want to get you the most. You win, I win. If you lose and you make less, I make less too. Right? So I'm also signifying to them, yo, we're on the same team and it makes sense what I'm saying here. So I'm always like any move that I would make benefits you too is basically what I'm saying. Hey, we sell quicker, <laughs> less work that I have to do, right? Number two, I make more if we sell for more. Number three, you have a better chance in negotiations because time and leverage is on your side, not the buyers. And number four, the market we know is leveling off and declining slightly. The longer we take, the more you're going to have to adjust down. We don't have the, you know, the luxury of waiting. So now time on market is really like slashing your price as time goes on. Every 30 days, we're slashing, right? Yeah, there we go, Kyle. If you price the home correctly, we'll sell for what it's worth. Boom. There you go. Because that's our job. I'm not here to give you pipe dreams and sell you this fantasy. No, it's the reality. The reality is the reality. Other agents will will lie to you. You know, I'm not going to. As your fiduciary, you would want me to be honest with you, right? Of course. So, so now we're sitting with somebody and one of the most important parts of the de the decision like we said that minute around them making the decision is the emotions surrounding that that moment right you guys need to make sure that leading up to that moment when they decide the emotions are good you never want to go into the close with them being upset or still sighing about the price this is why i love that question in the script are you ready to start packing well not now but soon because that normally gets people like a little like laughing or it lightens the mood a little bit Right? And whenever you can lighten the mood or get somebody to smile or laugh, you have a small window there where they're a lot more likely to say yes and go with whatever you say next. Right. So moving into the close, I always try to like drop any drama, any excess like anger or frustration about price or commission. You know, and if you guys are, are dealing with the moment where it's a little bit heated, if you got to stop for a second and pause and talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. Right. And I say, look, before we wrap this thing up, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, look, I know we, we were on different, you know, different pages in regards to the price. However, now, regardless of how we may feel about it, right, 
are we on the same page that this is the right price to get you sold for the most possible and get you guys over to North Carolina? Right. We understand now this is what it's going to take to accomplish your goals. Yes. Cool. Now, knowing that now it can be done at that price. And then it can actually become a reality. Are you guys ready? Are you ready for the next step? Or you can even pause there if you still feel like that. Say, what's the first thing you guys are going to do when you touch down in North Carolina? Talk a little bit about the move if you have to. Right? Get them like, oh, we're going to go shopping and I love this one place. We're going to go take pictures. Like, let, let them talk. Because then at any point, if they're like happy, I can say, so cool. Are you ready to make it happen? Boom, let's go. And now I just wrote off their excitement. Boom. And they're like, oh, yeah. Versus five minutes ago, they're like, we don't like this price. We're still not sure about it. That's the worst time right there to ask for the signature. Right. So the next level becomes that. Where in this window do I have the most opportunity to get them to say yes? Because as much as this is a logical thing, it's just as much, if not more, an emotional thing. And that's one of the first thing you, you guys learn in sales. Right. At the highest level, you make an airtight case logically and emotionally, but the emotional one is more important. How many times have we made dumb decisions that made no sense logically, but emotionally we were like, yeah. And then you get the car and you're like, shit, you get your first payment. You're like, what did I sign up for? Right. Or like you get the bill, right? The old Kevin Hart joke. And then you put the bill under the light to see if it's going to change. You're like, right. It's like 2000. You're like, wait, is that 200? But in the heat of the moment, peer pressure, whatever it is, right? Again, your emotions take over. So we know from personal experience that the emotions can override it. Now, the best part about working with us is we're not going to lead people astray. We're going to make a good case logically, but also we're going to make them feel comfortable emotionally. So we're doing everything right. We're not getting people on an emotional high and then, ha, gotcha. We're not doing that. Right? Hey, I was reading over the contract. Ah, too bad you signed already. We're selling, right? Like we're not doing that which is what a lot of other companies do. The flat fee companies and all those other companies, they do that. They pull a fast one on them. Like they hide information from them. Dude, there's people who sign listings that don't even show people net sheets. Like, isn't that a trip? Right? Like if I was a homeowner, that would be like the most important thing to me. How are you going to sell my house? And I have no idea what I'm going to, what I'm going to walk away with. That doesn't make any sense to me, but there's people that will do it. It's nuts. So understand our process, right? Because I know sometimes we will resist using the script, asking certain questions on the pre-qualification, using the pre-listing package. Like the process we gave you guys is there for a reason. If you want to modify it slightly, okay, but you still got to use it. It's there for a reason. Because a lot of times when I come with a question, oh, I didn't get this listing. Oh, this didn't work out. I question the process immediately and I find that you guys were missing a piece. Like you're not asking if they're interviewing multiple agents or um, you know, certain questions that are pivotal. You don't ask that. And then you get there and they're like, well, thanks for coming, uh, Brian. We're going to interview six other agents. And you had no idea. Well, what do you do after that? I could have come prepared if I knew they were interviewing six other agents. Now, me, again, I have so much experience now. If I suddenly hear that, I can probably still handle it. And I have a good chance of getting it signed. But unless you're super good, it's going to be a tough one to try to get them to sign. Because even if you're great, it's not guaranteed they're going to sign. But you got to be fucking really good. But I know if I'm going up against you know, two, three, four, five other people, I'm going to create an airtight, emotional and logical case. I tell people you get the big team, the, the, the big team results with the small 
time, relationship, and feel. That's what I tell people. We're the best of both worlds. Because I can say, look, that's something you should tell people. Because say, look, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if you've thought about this, Mr. Seller. Tell me if you have. Because you may work with a big team or a big company. Maybe you have the fear of just becoming a number, right? Where you're talking to different people. You reach out, you don't get an answer. And you kind of feel like, ah, right? It's almost like when a mom and pop shop gets too big and then the quality of the food and the service goes down. You know what I'm talking about? Would you would you be happy if you went through something like that? Okay, great. Of course, they're going to say no. They're like, no, we want to feel like we're getting good service. They say, great. And that's why if this is me selling out. I'll say, this is why I structured my team the way that I did is I didn't want to lose that. I've seen that happen too many times from personal experience and from seeing it in restaurants and places like that. And I swore to myself, I'm not going to let that happen. So when I built my team, I made it so you will be communicated with frequently. We will be addressing you by first name. You will know us. And at any point, you're not going to feel like that connection is severed. However, at the same time, you get the big name, big brand, nationwide recognition at the same time. So you, in essence, get the best of both worlds. How does that sound to you? Or you can say, who else is going to offer that to you? Right? Now I'm testing them a little bit. Who else is going to offer that? All right. You know, you want to take it to the next level, say, Mr. Mr. Mrs. Seller, I can do, a, I don't know, a Facebook or a YouTube live right now and get your property in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Who else is going to do that for you? I'll wait. Right. Like if you're ever, if you guys are ever going to turn it up like that and get a little borderline, like overconfident, do it like that with something that's going to hit. Because now social media, you can shove it down people's throats. When I used to say that seven, eight years ago, people would look at me like, who cares about social media? Now, everyone is on social media. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it, right? It's different. Say, Mr. Seller, between myself and my team, I can get your home in front of hundreds of thousands of people and a lot of agents who follow us nationwide, worldwide, like this. Now, Joe Schmo, who brags about his team, who has three Facebook friends and five followers on Instagram, what is he going to do for you? He can do the traditional stuff, but anybody can do that, right? Well, I can get your home exposed to that much more people at the click of a button. What do you think that's going to mean for the activity on your home and the potential to get more eyeballs and buyers and offers and potentially more money for you? You see, that's the type of stuff that I'm going to throw in there. And st I'm calling this, I'm stacking my plate and I'm stacking my offer right before I close them. If they're on the fence about it, right? I could even walk out right now, Mr. Seller, in front of your home and do a quick little 10-second story, and I'll have a flood of DMs. Price, location, like excited about it. Would you like that? And of course, they're going to say yes. Then all you got to do is ask them to sign. Slide the contract in front of them and say, great. All I need is your approval, and we'll get started. I'm excited. All right. Here's another thing you guys can do. If you guys are dealing with couples... One thing I mentioned in the beginning of my listing appointment when I meet with people is um, I say, look, I'm going to take a quick tour after we take care of everything. If we come to an agreement and we decide to work together, I'm going to do a more detailed tour with you guys and we'll highlight everything that we want to feature um, about the home and make sure that we are thorough and we go through your home like, you know, with the fine tooth comb. So when I ask to sign and let's say I hand it to the husband, right when I ask, instead of sitting there waiting I grab the wife. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, you know, Mrs. Johnson, let's go ahead and start taking the tour and you give me the detail. And then I'll look back at the husband and say, I highlighted everywhere. You need to sign an initial. And I've done that. 
And sometimes the husband will just look around and he'll start signing, but I already grabbed the wife and we're doing the tour, right? That's a great move that you can do that will work. If you're ever in a position where you have like a couple, two, three people, and, and this is typically what happens. You have one who's on your team and the other one who's still hesitant. Use the one who's on your team to get them to sign. Husband's like, I don't know, right? I could say, okay, I understand, Mr. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson, are you on board? Yes. Are you ready to go? Yes. Well, Mr. Johnson... And now we're both looking at him and he's like, uh, okay. Right. So whenever you have two like that or three, you get any party who's on your side, you could have a room of 10 people and only one's on your side. I'll use that one to start getting people. Right. That's how I do it. Cause typically that's what I've never been on a listing appointment where both like the husband and the wife or the two or three people are all against me. I've never been like, there's always one who's like, yeah, yeah. Or, okay. That makes sense. Right. Like the one who's reasonable and then the other one who's fucking crazy about the price or the commission or whatever. They're the ones that are against us. But I use and I team up with that person to do it, even if I'm making points. Like if I make a point about the price and the husband's like, no, and then the wife's like, uh, yeah, OK, that makes sense. Be like, OK, cool. How did you make that connection, man? Was it the comparable? What was it? Well, you know, this home is is similar. I could see that a buyer would look at it. Great. So, Mr. Johnson, are you seeing that now? How a buyer walking into this home and that home? is going to see a similarity there, right? So I'm using that agreement to now snatch the agreement of the other person, right? And the other person knows. They know that you're doing that shit, but what are they going to do? You're doing it correctly, right? It's like when you got somebody in a decision, they're like, yes, right? It probably happens with your kids too, where it's like they have no out and you caught them red-handed, right? It's like, you did it, right? And like, what are they going to say? No. And like, you're looking for somebody who ate the chocolate and their face has fucking chocolate on it. It's like, no, I didn't eat it. It's the same thing with our dogs, right? What did you do? And the dog just looks at you like that and it has like food all over its face and the cake is all messed up. It's obviously the dog, but the dog like doesn't want to look at you in the eye. It's like, because it knows it's guilty. It's the same thing with the homeowner. They'll be like, but that's kind of when you know you got them, right? Cool. Any questions on this stuff uh, so far, y'all? Any questions? Actually, now, uh, Jan, if you're still on, tell us about your uh, your predicament. Yeah, so, I mean, it. I had no objections throughout the whole thing. They actually, it's funny, I've never done, had this before. Um, they actually were underpricing the home. They didn't think it was as worth as what I thought it was. And um, so that was good. And then I, you know, what I got them to be motivated was the husband the husband was really motivated when he saw the houses that he wanted because i showed him like look these are the houses in the range of what you guys want and that's got him saying that's like i he picked out one house and he goes now that i'd sell this today and go to get that house right now and i go awesome and they they complied with everything they want to sell they don't the only reason why i didn't get a sign is because they actually have a property claim on the house and the i think i mentioned this to you and the second floor, there was like uh, they're doing like some renovations, and uh, I said, "What? What's your timeline on that?" And they told me that they're speaking to an attorney today to go over their options. Because I told them, "Look, if you guys are gonna go through with this, it's gonna take a while before you know you're gonna get anything resolved with the attorney. If you take it with the attorney, it's gonna take a year." And I told them, "Look, and if you wait out a year, interest rates going up." You know, who's to say that your home is going to be valued more or less, mm -hmm. you know, 
And they agree. They're like, you know, you have a you have a good point on that point. And then um, I said, what you could do is what I'm thinking will most likely happen is that you guys just fix it up yourselves because the money you're going to use to fix it up is going to be pennies compared to the what you're going to get from the sale of the home. So that's why I told them. And they go, they're going to meet with the attorney today. But I, they said that was probably something that they're open to doing, depending on what he says. But he, they said most likely they're going to have to do that. So cool. that's what happened. Now, for future reference, what I would do is meet with them after they meet with the attorney. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Because, like, you know, in certain cases, you're going to have conditions. Well, I want to sell now or move now, but... You know, I'm, I'm, we're moving when my kid finishes school in six months. Well, even if you list it now, nothing's going to happen because the kid has to finish school before they move, right? Same thing with job transfer, right? We're going to job transfer next year. Well, listing it now is not going to do anything for you, right? Because they're not going to move until the job transfer next year. So a lot of these things are about timing and making sure that you put yourself in the, in the opportune position and moment to capitalize on it, right? Because like, if I met with them today... And then I don't follow up. And then Jan meets with them after, you know, they meet with the attorney and they're ready to go. Well, they're going to sign with him. And then I'm going to be sitting there like, what the fuck? How come I didn't get it? Well, it's because he went in at the right time. There was a condition in the way when I went and there wasn't when he went. So he got it signed, you know? Cool. Anything else, y'all? We'll keep it short and sweet. I like that about the decision-making process because basically, in, in conclusion, this is what you need to do. When people are making a decision, when you guys walk out, without getting a listing signed or a buyer contract signed, unless you've qualified them out and said, okay, now nah, I want to walk away. You're allowing their misinformation, delusion, incorrect information to talk their way out of signing and you're allowing it. That's what's happening. Cool. Go ahead, Kyle. You got a question? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Brian. So real quick, I have a, um, a, a potential client, who has two properties. Um, I've been working with Lloyda uh, with this client and sent her over the, the listing agreement. It's her and her dad property that their auntie, that her auntie, which is the dad's sister, passed away and left her, right? So um, every day since I sent her the listing agreement, I've been following up. Hey, you guys got any questions? Because she hasn't signed it, right? Both mm -hmm. listing agreements hasn't been signed. Yeah. Um, she's communicating with me because she's in Oakland. The property's here in Los Angeles. Cool. Um, every time I every time I I, I send her a message, she come back. You know, yeah, we're still you know looking it over. We'll make a decision by you know. Okay, cool. I'm just letting you know if you got any questions, let me know. You know that 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 piece. Yeah. Um, but based off of what you're talking about, uh, I believe when I had the initial listing presentation with her and her dad over the phone, her dad was more um, like, yeah, I'm ready to get this going. And she was the hesitant one. Mm -hmm. But I'm in contact with her because yeah. that's the person who I have information. So I don't know how to get to him you know, you know, to get him to, you know, get the ball moving quicker. So I'm just kind of uh, want to hear, what, you know, what's your thoughts about this? Um, if they keep delaying, what I would try to do is set up a three-way again. Okay. That's the best way, bro. Because if you try to just oh, try wow. to get the other person's information, it's going to be a pain. So I would just yeah. set up another three-way just to follow okay. up with them and chat. You know, that, that would be okay. the easiest, simplest way to, to resolve the situation, I think. Okay. Cool. 
Because like if they really want to let it go, one thing you have on your side is the market. It's going the opposite way. It's not going up. So waiting right. can, work, can work against them. You know, the interest rate keeps if it keeps going up, if the market slides a little bit more, you don't know. You know, like yeah. so if you do in fact want to sell it for the most money, waiting is actually every day is working against you. You know. Right. So mm -hmm. that that can create a sense of urgency for them, you know. Yeah. I think the only the only reason why, you know, there's hesitation right now is is because um, you know, we sent a listing presentation, we sent a listing agreement uh to sell both properties for mm -hmm. five hundred because they have they have tenants in there. So yeah. they're gonna be sold to investors. The 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 daughter wants six hundred for one of the properties. She's okay mm. with 500 for one, just yeah. because the other one looks better, right? But mm. the problem is, you know, and, and Lloyd actually helped me out with this, like, we're gonna get you the most money. And that's why that hit home. If we price the home correctly, it'll sell for what it's worth. Yep. But I got it listed there so we can at least have the leverage to having, a, a, a you know, investors outbid each other. Yeah. And another, and I don't angle, think that another angle you can use is say, look, okay, yeah. you know, let's chill on that one for a second. Let's at least start the first one at 500 that we're in agreement on. Let's get it rolling. And if, if you want, we can use that as a test run. And if we do good in a week or two and you like what we're doing, then we can put the other one like that might be able to get them over the hump, at least with one listing so you can get it. And then you'll get the other one. Right. Okay. So like try that, that too. If they keep, uh, you know, kind of stalling and say, look, we're already in agreement on the first one for 500. Let's go. And if you want, right. use that as a test run. If I do a good job with it, then we'll do the second one right after. Cool? Okay. I like that. Because like you already that. have the other one on board with you. It's just about getting the daughter now. So I think right. that would be another angle for you to at least secure one. And we're going to do a good job and it'll sell. So once you get that, right. after a week or two, they'll probably let you list the other one. And that's how it's going to go. Okay. Cool. Appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, another thing I, I may maybe I'll do a training on this at the mastermind, I think, is really teaching you guys because this, I think, comes more naturally to me because of my personality. But when you meet with people like the listing presentation, especially uh, inserting humor, I'm really going to go through and and kind of break down how I do it to get people to laugh and at least smile and relax because maybe it's natural for some of you. Maybe it's not for others. So I'm going to see if I can put some stuff together to help you guys with that, because that's been the best way for me to. I mean, even outside of business, just get people close. You know, if you have a very like laid back, funny type of energy, people just gravitate towards you. And I think it's pivotal in real estate because it, it, it takes the pressure off decisions and it makes it a lot more comfortable for people. That's one of the best ways to make people comfortable is make them laugh. You know, like look at what comedians can do. They could bring sworn enemies into the room and have them laughing with each other because they're funny. Because the attention is off of them and it's on the comedian and he's making everybody laugh and feel comfortable. So I'll see. I'm, I'm going to write that down in my notes and see if I can give you guys at least like a 30 minute or hour long training on that at the mastermind because I, I think it's key. And you can learn how to do it because just like sales, it's a, it's a science, right? Even if you're not naturally, you know, you think, oh, I'm not funny. You'll learn how to do it because a lot of it is me finding humor in everyday situations. And if you really pay attention to a lot of comedians, that's what they do. You know, their 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 mom could be a drug addict and they make it funny, right? And you're over here suffering, like feeling bad for your mom and there's a lot of drama and you're crying, but they make you laugh. The same situation that you're upset about and depressed about and angry, they make you laugh. So really, it's just the, a matter of how you say it and how you look at it. But we'll we'll cover that more at the Mastermind.
Cool. I'll end it here unless you guys have more questions. Cool. All right. We're going to get to work. I really, I'm really excited to roll out the commission zinc thing because it's going to be dope. We just have to finish a few structural things. And for those of you who are producing and have been with the team for a while, it's going to be something that you're going to get. Um, and I think it's really going to help push us more, you know, um, paid wise, like on Google, because it works through Google. So it's going to help us a lot. And I know people who are doing big things with it. I have another company that I'm talking to that's going to help us with that specifically, like follow up sequences and following up with them and also recruiting for the company and for our team. So there's a lot of stuff I'm working on in the background that I haven't talked to you guys about, but I'll reveal more at the mastermind and we'll have everything rolled out pretty soon. All right. I'll upload this to the, the group right now. All right, guys, have a good weekend.